Welcome to Urban Dharma, the podcast, where suffering is optional. Hi, this is Reverend Kusla coming to you from downtown Los Angeles, from the International Buddhist Meditation Center in the heart of Koreatown. What you're about to hear is a presentation I gave at the second Monks in the West Conference, which was held at St. John's Abbey in Collegeville, Minnesota. Over four days, Buddhist and Catholic monks came together to speak about celibacy in their tradition, the whys and the hows of celibacy, and the importance of celibacy for a monastic. I was asked to give a short presentation on why Buddhist monks are celibate, and what you're about to hear is my very short presentation on that subject. It's about 11 minutes long. In the next couple of weeks, I'll be publishing new podcasts of interviews I did with three of the Buddhist monks who attended the second Monks in the West Conference. They are Reverend Hung Shur, Achan Sudanto, and Jyotipalo Bhikkhu. But for now, an introduction on why monks are celibate, a presentation I gave at the second Monks in the West Conference at St. John's Abbey in Collegeville, Minnesota. Um, Briefly, how is Buddhism different from Christianity? Well, I think, uh, in brief, it isn't divinely inspired. Uh, In one of Reverend Hungshur's lyrics, he goes... uh, He was not divine, he was awake. And that brought me to Buddhism in a very personal way. But the four truths are the foundation of Buddhism. Quickly, I'd like to just present that, do a small reading, and then get into the heart of the matter, if you will. Uh, First truth, according to Buddhism, is that life is ultimately unsatisfactory. Not always, but ultimately. And the reason it is unsatisfactory is because we are born. If we weren't born, we wouldn't get sick, we wouldn't get old, and we wouldn't die. But because we are born, we do all those things and lose everything in our life that makes us happy and joyful. It's taken away from us, and the culprit is impermanence and change. And there are people in this world we don't like and places in this world we don't want to be in, and we are around those people and in those places far too often and can't do anything about it. So according to the Dharma, our life is ultimately unsatisfactory. The reason it is so unsatisfactory is because each and every one of us is selfish according to the Dharma. We have desire, we have thirst, we have craving that can't be satisfied. That's the heart of the matter. That's the root of our suffering, according to the Dharma. Third truth is nirvana. Nirvana is the answer to every Buddhist walking on the earth. Nirvana is the end of suffering in this life, is the end of karma in this life, and is the end of all future rebirths. We have found a way to exist without being born. And that is nirvana. And finally, the way to nirvana is the Noble Eightfold Path, 
right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. Those eight path factors lead us to the end of suffering and our personal liberation. A few quotes I found. This one actually I found on the Vatican website. How about that? It says, celibacy is not something completely foreign to our Chinese culture. Buddhist monks and nuns do not marry. They are seeking liberation from desire, a detachment from worldly pleasures that may impede them from attaining nirvana. In the eyes of the Buddhist faithful, monks and nuns are expected to be faithful to their vows they should not marry, and if they do, the Buddhist faithful would prefer them not prefer them to return to the world rather than continue being a married monk or nun. I note this fact not because I wish to identify the Buddhist mo- motivation for celibacy with the Christian profession of celibacy undertaken from the kingdom of God as proclaimed by Jesus in the gospel, I wish to emphasize the value placed upon celibacy and the expectations even non-Catholics have for fidelity in living such vows. The next uh, quote I found was um, from a Buddhist monk. Buddhists believe that all living beings have the freedom and opportunity to become enlightened. Humans are bound by attachments which cause us to suffer and keep us in a cycle of beginningless time under the control of ego or self. The monk goes on to explain that according to Buddhist philosophy, humans have the freedom to choose, but our minds control us, which leads to human beings which leads human beings to continue in the cycle of existence. A Buddhist monk, therefore, aims to destroy the attachments to the world in their path toward enlightenment and therefore use the vehicle of ethics and vows to get there. Another quotation I found was, What is the use of so many rules of conduct, if not for guiding the mind? The Sangha has the responsibility to bring peace and happiness to the minds of people to guide them toward liberation and enlightenment. Sangha members' inappropriate behavior can harm the minds of others. If they observe the precepts, they can bring incredible benefit to the people of the world. Following desire never leads to ultimate satisfaction. All the manifold problems that go through you go through are the result of following the unskillful thought of the eight worldly concerns the attachment to the happiness of this life. When you do not understand the disadvantages of desire, then ordination will seem like a prison. And finally, if you want to achieve the stages of the Buddhist path, celibacy is not essential. It is simply an aid. The main objective of the path to nirvana is to abandon desire for sensory pleasure, not sensory pleasure itself, but the desire for it. Such abandonment is achieved on the basis of morality, meditation, and wisdom. When I was thinking about becoming a monk, 
I didn't like the idea of celibacy because um, there were people in the world like Jennifer Lopez. And those thoughts led me to have great desire. Never fulfilled, of course, but great desire. And I thought to myself, well, why are Buddhist monks and nuns celibate? I couldn't figure it out. Because the Buddha never really said that sex was bad. You know, and in fact, the Buddha himself had been married, had a child, had been a prince, had dancing girls. I'm sure he enjoyed the pleasures of life and the pleasures of lust. And yet, for some reason, after his nirvana, he never had sex again. Now, was it because he didn't want to, I said to myself? Was it because he finally realized that there was something wrong with sex? I said to myself. And then I realized the reason the Buddha never had sex after his nirvana is because he had ended his desire for sex. That seems to be the issue in Buddhism. That any form of sexual activity will never ultimately satisfy the desire for sex. That desire arises, exists, and passes away. From the age of 12 or 13, puberty, until we die. Viagra is one of the most important drugs out there right now. They are not letting us men rest. <laughs> so then I said to myself, well, what are some of the practical considerations of celibacy? Why do Buddhist monks need to be celibate? I now start to see that the desire part of it is really a big issue. Because our job is not to end our sexuality. Our job is to end our desire. But then I thought, but from a practical standpoint, it seems to make sense to be celibate. Because Buddhist monks and nuns live in an economy of generosity. We need to be supported. We need to have a simple lifestyle, a supportable lifestyle. And I imagined myself one night in the center where I live giving a Dharma talk, and then at the end of the Dharma talk, passing the plate around, but explaining to everyone who had just listened that, you know, my wife and children want to go see the new movie that just came out. Could you put a little more in the basket tonight? It probably wouldn't go over very well. It's difficult to support a monk or a nun. They need shelter, they need clothing, they need food, they need medical care. And, and that's just for them. So I see the simplicity of celibacy allows us to be supported. That, that we uh, are living as simple as lifestyle as possible. But then this desire thing, too, came up. And I said to myself, well, if, in fact, desire is the issue, how do I focus on that? What do I need to do if I don't want to focus on my sexuality and simply focus on my desire? And then I thought about when I quit smoking, 1978. I had smoked two packs a day for 14 years. And for some reason, I woke up one morning and realized I was going to die. I had the vision of my own mortality. And I said, well, I can't prevent myself from dying, but I can do something about the quality of my life until I die. And today, I'm going to quit smoking. 
And that same day, I dialed up 24-Hour Fitness, which is a local gym in Los Angeles, and I paid my money and became a member. And then, for the next year, I dealt with my desire to have cigarettes. And they would cause my body to react. They would cause, it would cause my mind to react. And yet, somehow, the desire always seemed to leave, and I didn't die. At times, I thought I would die because of that desire. But I ended up quitting smoking, and the desire all of a sudden will arise and exist and pass away every so often during the year, but only for a very short time, very manageable. And I started to see that desire really allowed me to not have a choice. It took my choice away. And one of the most important things about the Buddhist path, one of the most important things about the Dharma, it is said, the Dharma has one taste, and that taste is freedom. Thank you for listening. Well, that's it. That was my presentation at the second Monks in the West Conference on why Buddhist monks are celibate. After the presentation, we broke down into small groups and discussed what I said. And then the Catholic monk gave a presentation on why Catholic monks are celibate. And we broke down again into small groups and talked about that. I hope you found it interesting. I hope you found it useful. If you'd like to know more about me, uh, please visit my website, kusala.info. That's K-U-S-A-L-A dot info. If you'd like to hear more podcasts and see uh, a few videos that I posted, please visit dharmatalks.info. That's dharmatalks.info. If you'd like some free ebooks, please visit buddhabooks.info. That's buddhabooks.info for free ebooks on Buddhism. Well, until the next podcast, until the next time, be happy, be peaceful, and most of all, be free from suffering. <laughs>